0: He did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we're playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly.
1: Cal was the coach of, our, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up.
2: Just take uh, Muhammad Ali at, they, uh, at center. They need
0: actually for Kentucky. Kentucky. University of Kentucky.
2: Oh, dag on it, guys. I did not prepare for this.
3: Because they're both going to be key contributors to a national championship team no, do not tell me to relax, Sack, because I'm all in on this squad and it's going to happen. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Sack BBN here. A very sad Matt Sack BBN, but fortunately, he is joined, as always, by his three Twitter best friends Big Blue Bud, 270 Bradley Smith, and Wildcats Tongue. And we are up to no good. Win or lose, brought to no good, is here to make the best out of Kentucky basketball. They've made it very difficult on us this year, but we've made it this far. We could do one more and start getting ready for next year. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for everyone who joined us for season one. We kind of joined in the second half of the season. We joined just in time for the tweak. Um, I believe the tweak was the name of our pilot episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us just as much as we enjoyed talking because we did have a great time and it was really fun to get to connect with a lot of the big blue nation with that being said buddy how are you doing you hanging in there
2: i thought it sounded like a goodbye it's like you could easily just gone and <laughs> like all right so thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time and then just end it right there 21 <laughs> second podcast i don't know why but i was like kind of half believed it might happen just for a second but i'm doing all right uh all things considered um that loss hurts but um you know a couple days go by and i feel a lot better i think if it had been if we had lost the first game i think i would be uh devastated but it was like and i know one more win isn't you know necessarily uh you know leaps and bounds better but it just it it we got the monkey off our back and and so that's nice um and now we just uh, have a good season to look forward to so i'm all right how are you guys
3: Bradley, you um one season came to the end and that is Kentucky basketball season. That is sad, but for you it is the portal season. And it Bradley, is. you are the portal knower. I believe it is in your Twitter handle.
0: Well, it are was you happy or sad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh it was portal knower for a while. I've temporarily changed it to Pain Knower, uh, because all I know is Pain. <laughs> uh but You know, with every uh, ending comes a new beginning, and I like portal season. I like seeing options that we're not going to (laughs) get, but uh, I like seeing those guys enter the portal, and I like saying he's a cat because it gets likes, and people know me, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm stupid. (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm doing all right. I had Mexican food for dinner. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> any That's baja funny. blast
0: no no ba- i had real mexican sack not taco bell which i love taco bell but we went to a, a, a nice place
3: wt how are you doing can you top a nice mexican uh restaurant dinner uh
1: no i mean it depends on who you ask i had chick-fil-a for dinner I'm now drinking uh, a nice, refreshing AL-8 while wearing an AL-8 sweatshirt uh, and a Mammoth Cave hat, so I'm full Kentucky today, um, despite um, the heartbreak of Sunday, Um, and we'll get into it. I think the part that hurts the most is that we saw the light. I don't think anyone, even us, would have ever claimed that this team's like... The a top five team in the country, but we knew they had the tools to go beat any team in the country if they could, like they could, were, were capable of. And we were starting to see that light. We didn't get outplayed against Kansas State. We just lost. And that is just so sad.
3: <laughs> um, I might have you beaten in the terms of Kentucky right now. I have some bourbon poured in my AL8 to help with huh. the pain of all of this. Um, so y'all can vote who's more kentucky is it the mammoth cave head or is it the addition of bourbon but or maybe you know, y'all the been...
1: guy actually from
0: kentucky
2: yeah fair enough fair <laughs>
0: enough but <laughs> sack does have the Barry and brown jersey behind him
2: that's right it's football season well let me let me add this i am wearing a breckenridge colorado shirt so who's really the most kentucky in here <laughs> Speaking of uh, football, I want to
3: bring this up. Some positive things. We do have to talk about a loss, but there will be lots of positive, optimistic things that we will talk about in good rough to no good fashion. When I was watching the Providence game, I went to a bar called Banners here in Lexington with good friends, uh, Jordan and John Mathis, as well as my girlfriend, Christina. It was a fantastic time. I also met Marquise Cox there, transfer left tackle from Northern mm-hmm. Illinois. I didn't even introduce myself. I just saw this massive six-seven human being come up to me and he was like, Hey, I'm Marquis Cox. I was like, I know there are very few people here in Lexington taller than me, and I know you are one of them. Um, so but of course I had to ask him, How's Dev looking? He's like, "Ooh." So, of course, Marquise got tra- transfer. He didn't get to watch Will Levis, so he doesn't have a quarterback like that to compare it to. But he was like, Devin Leary's gonna be a problem. That's what he told me. So if you believe uh believe the Cox, then we have a lot of good things to look forward to in the football season. But back to uh the thing we are here to talk about. The cats are rolling 15 in a row for the baseball team. Am I missing a different sport that we need to talk about or something like
0: that? Uh, how's the I rifle think- team?
1: Rifle season's over. Oh. you didn't you didn't you didn't follow that season, uh game by game or match by match, whatever they call that? It's crazy.
3: How did we finish WT? <laughs>
1: Uh, that's a fantastic question uh, <laughs> our, our season might also not be over I'm just trying to give Bradley some hell right now so. I guarantee
0: I guarantee that the rifle team shot better than the basketball team did oh. against Kansas State oh bring Bradley. it bring it I'm full honest. circle transition yeah.
3: unfortunately going to that game by the way I drove down to that game It was one of the most painful drives back. We left at like five. We got back around uh, midnight. My girlfriend slept half of the car ride. So I was just sitting, listening to my podcasts uh, alone, calling my mom, having her tell me about the other college basketball games and who was winning and stuff. And I was like, this is just painful. This is painful. But looking back at it, and again, there's there's overall pictures and we'll get into that um I think there's a lot of things Cal could have done better I think um there's a new direction that this program needs to take and that what we have done the past several years is not up to the standards and I'm not going to I'm not going to turn my eye to that but in terms of a one standalone game we played the most like Comparable team to us. We've been very similar the second half of the season, very similar in Kempom. I think we're a top 20 offense. They're a top 20 defense. Um, I think we're both like 22 and 23 in Kempom. Very similar to Kansas State. We were beating them most of the second half and then they got hot and hit a bunch of threes. Two All Americans hit step back threes and then a random guy off the bench hit another three. What are you going to do, guys? What are you going to do? It happens. It sucks because of the bad previous two years, you know, I hope I wish so much pressure wasn't on us to do phenomenal this tournament, but that's, that's the spot we're in and it sucks. But in terms of one game, it happens.
1: I, I We're going to really struggle both as a podcast today and as a fan base for the rest of the summer, kind of talking about things because all of us are going to be communicating and talking about very different things. If we're, we want to talk about this game, This game exists both as an individual and as a part of the season and as a part of the last three, four years. Same with this season. This season can exist as its own and as a part of a run of the last three or four years and can exist as a part of Cal's overall legacy. So whenever we're talking about this, we're going to have to kind of make sure we're all talking about the same thing at the same time. Are we going to be talking about what is Cal's overall legacy over the last 14 years Or are we going to be talking about this game in isolation? Or are we talking about it? it, It's so tough because, as an individual game, we we lost a game by six that we were up, um, we were winning with under three minutes left. It sucks, but it happens. But Sack, you mentioned that like when you add in the context of the pressure that this year was under, it just is so much more gutting, and that's what really hurts.
0: All I know is pain. I'm happy for Keontae Johnson and nobody else. I'm glad that well, he's able to play basketball again. Everybody else, no.
1: Really, thinks is like he didn't even play a good game. He shot like five for fourteen. Yeah,
0: Jerome Tang, you're <laughs> off the list. Jerome, buddy, Tang. you're
3: a buddy. You're a very positive Twitter follower. One, one of the reasons I I love your Twitter account. How are you taking this loss? You're you're trying your best to. I don't want to use the term pump some sunshine on the timeline, but how how are you hanging in there?
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a little more honest on the podcast, I think, most of the time, just because I can explain myself and people don't run away with it and want to fire the coach all the time, which is just what tends to happen on social media. But, but uh I'm doing well. I, I agree with what Wildcat said that this game is, is, you know, it's just it's one game of the season, and I'm not super critical of Cal uh in terms of the the individual game I thought that was a game that that anybody really could could have won I thought we played really well and I will say for a loss it was one of the more enjoyable losses that I can remember if I'm honest it was a I mean it was a good game I was having fun until things went sideways and the things that went sideways it was like well you know what can you do about that um and so I'm okay I I think I agree with any criticism of the season as a whole more than I agree with the criticism of any individual game. Uh, and that's to say we probably shouldn't have been in the position we were in. Like we got beat and it wasn't an upset, but it's because we were a six seed. And from the very beginning of the season, there were probably things that we could have done differently. I know Matt, you've talked about it before. The construction of this roster was a big thing. And I know that you can't do anything about it once it's done. What's done is done. But like looking back, there were things that that Calipari definitely, certainly could have done better, and then throughout the season as well. Um, and so I, I will, I give it to people when they say that the the season was a disappointment. I do think, you know, looking back on last season, that it's a little less fair. Which this might be a, a shocker or maybe a bold take, but last season was a really, really good season until we lost in March. Um, you know, I mean, we destroyed both teams that played in the national championship. Like we I mean, we ran them. And then yeah, we uh, lose the first game in March, and it was a huge upset. And so it's like the end of the world. But I I, I guess that March just just weighs a little bit heavier. What do you say in Long Cup?
1: I say the same thing. Like, let's say hypothetical, I know I put out a lot of hypotheticals over the last two days, and people get really mad at them. It's like, well, you can't change the past. Like, well, obviously it's a hypothetical. But like, let's say we had the season we had last year, and then COVID hits then, and we don't play in March. That We see that season as a success. We see that season as, oh, hey, this team lost only five games during the regular season. They beat some really, really good teams by a lot. They just didn't even yeah. play in March. And so, uh, obviously, that's not the reality we exist in. Obviously, we have to deal with that St. Peter's loss. But it just really goes to show like how a single game, a single performance, no matter what the context is, no matter what like injuries or what coaching decisions happen, how one game can really impact the way we view a team.
0: One of the rare I- times that COVID would be the good ending. <laughs> i i truly
2: think that people are more mad about that loss just because it embarrassed them and the the fan base that they wear on their you know clothes every day than than almost anything else but at least people are consistent because you look back at um at the year uh, 2014 2013 or no yeah 2014 when we had no business being in the national championship to be honest with you we And we just took a magic run. And that was a disappointing season. If you look at the season individually, that was just as bad. But we took a deep run, and so that overrides everything. So at least people are consistent. March matters more than anything else matters. And um, so, I mean, it's fair, I guess. What I hate more than
3: anything is that maybe the two easiest paths to a Final Four in Calipari's tenure at Kentucky – were ended by Kansas State. If we yeah. beat Kansas State in 2018, who do we have? We have we have to beat a 9 seed Kansas State and then an 11 seed Loyola Chicago to go to the final four. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um this year, it looks like who's the best team left? Tennessee, who we've already beaten twice. Yeah, Michigan State. Like we... Michigan State would be our next matchup and yeah. then it's either Florida Atlantic or Tennessee. Are you kidding me? it's that that's what hurts more than anything. Cause it's like, this almost felt like the final four. Like we talk about in 2017, that Fox monkey, the elite eight felt like the national championship. This felt like the elite eight to go to the final four. The winner of us in Kansas state is just going to roll this bracket. And I could be really wrong. I hope Tennessee doesn't make it. Cause imagine if we lost and Tennessee makes their first final four, I might bomb it. Um, maybe Florida Atlantic will go and win or something. <laughs>
1: Uh, Throwback to that 2018 year where we had that path. So Loyola Chicago makes it to the final four and then they go and play uh, Michigan led by anyone want to take a guess who their star player was?
3: Charles Matthews,
1: Charles Matthews. So we could have had another revenge game, (laughs) like a Bryce Hopkins part one in the final four. And then uh, uh, Michigan ran into a buzzsaw in Villanova that year. So, um, but yeah, that just all the storylines that have been missed because of freaking Kansas State. You know what it is? We stole their logo and they're just mad about it.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. We took the fornicating birds and they <laughs> uh, they're just mad about it. Just fine. but I mean, I, I I have to admit, guys, and to all of our listening audience, I think this loss might be on me. I'm not oh 100% God. sure, but I did think I might purple? have jinxed us. No, I did not wear purple. I put that Twitter poll out, but uh, people said it was just a coincidence. Um, I, How I think it's my fault, I got to looking at tickets for the national championship. Oh. And I noticed that lowers were going for like 400 bucks. And I bought one. <laughs>
2: You did not buy a lower-level ticket to the national championship. I I did.
0: Uh, so Are you selling ha- it, or are you going? Hand up, my bad. Uh, Bradley, no, I'm not going. I don't care if Kentucky's not in it.
3: Bradley, do you already know how thin of ice we are skating on with Kentucky in the tournament as Matt Sack BBN, still as a student here? We can't have well, <laughs> double jinxes. We well, can't. We already now, have one source of bad luck. We can't afford a second.
0: Now you're gone. I mean, you're you're about to graduate, <laughs> so that jinx is over. Scott Clark is about to go graduate and be a Gonzaga fan again. Uh, so, uh, you know, those two jinxes are done. I, I will I, say, like, I, we're going to talk about
1: this year, trust me. But next year, a uh, a lot of things are returning to normal. Matt and Scott are going to be not students at Kentucky. Woo-hoo! So excited for that. Get rid of them. Um, <laughs>
0: especially Scott
1: uh, Cal's going to have uh, a top five recruit for the first time since 2016. And he's going to have three of them. Uh, Cal's going to have uh, at least one, probably two elite rim protectors. One he hasn't had since 2015 and Willie Colley Stein. So many things are going back to the way they used to be. Now it's going to be up to the staff this off season. Whether it's in the portal or convincing guys to stay, it's going to be up to um, uh, the players to prepare and to buy in. Uh, but uh, we could we we could see. I know it's typical optimistic. WT could see a return to some Kentucky basketball normalcy.
3: WT and um, buddy, buddy, you were the one who actually brought this up. You said that I alluded to some roster construction problems. WT yeah. rim protection was indeed one of them. We struggled a lot defensively, but you look at our roster, Kaysen and Chris and Jacob should all be very good exterior defenders, but they could not get beat at all. Cause we had no one to help Dilly DJ, maybe Reeves. Um, it can make up our backcourt next year. Nowhere near as good of defenders as a Kaysen or a Livingston or a Toppin. But if they get beat, we have seven foot one Ugo or seven foot flat Aaron Bradshaw waiting. The second thing that I want to bring up roster construction. We got one perimeter player. I would just say one player in general that can create a shot for themselves. Cason Wallace is a phenomenal player. First of all, shout out him. One of the good two performers on our team. Save his best game for last. Absolutely balled out in that round of 32 Metro against Kansas State. But we brought in Cason Wallace to be a combo guard, a complimentary guy, mostly a defensive, just dog, a DeAndre Liggins type. He was not supposed to be the guy we ran our offense through. We only had one guy, and that was Antonio Reeves. And you look at our losses, Kansas State, he shoots one of 15. The home Vanderbilt loss, he shoots four of 17 the georgia loss 8 of 21 the arkansas home loss 4 of 12 um michigan state 1 of 7 gonzaga 4 of 13 if antonio ucla 2 of 13 if antonio reeves had a bad shooting game kentucky lost like 99% of the time kentucky basketball success should not be determined on if a transfer Volume three-point scorer hits his shots on a given day. Antonio Reeves having a bad day should not make or break our team. Good days should put us over the top, but if he has an off-shooting night, we shouldn't be dependent on him to have to shoot 15 shots. That's just not how it should work, and that's where I think the biggest problem in our roster was.
1: And that's when we get into what I talked about before, with like when we're talking about this game, are we talking about as an individual or as a part of a season or as a part of a trend?
3: I'm moving to the season an, now,
1: right? So, like, if we're talking about it as an individual game, yeah, a lot of the blame goes on Antonio Reeves not shooting well. Like that, we can we can point to that. I don't think we should blame him, but I think like statistically, that's where you right. can find a lot of the that's where you can find a lot of the fault. But we're, if course. we're talking about this game as part of a season, just like what Zach said, Antonio Reeves should not have been put in that position, roster construction wise, to be the only guy. Um, and that's where we t- get to talk about our friends like Shade and Sharp, and our uh, <laughs> like Nick Smith and uh, all these guys we missed out on. Uh, so yeah, that that that's where we get into this difference of like, are we blaming Antonio for the single game, or are we blaming Antonio for the season, or like, what what are we what are we doing?
3: I'm, I get the Shade and Sharp thing, but I guarantee you that if we gave Bradley five seconds to think, he could name us ten available guys in the portal that would have died to have been here. I guarantee Absolutely. you he can. And I can t-
0: I can have two right now. Go. <laughs> Kendrick <laughs> Davis, Antoine Davis. Yes. Antoine Davis literally second in NCAA history in points scored. And we said, no, we're good.
3: Yeah. So I don't yeah. blame I don't blame Reeves for this game or at all. He had a bad shooting night. Guess what? When you hit take a lot of shots from 24 feet away. I don't know if you've ever gone to a gym before and just tried putting up shots. You have days where you missed them. The hoop is far away. It's a tiny little circle. You have to throw a circle into it, especially when two out of your first three are 80% of the way down and rim out. It happens. It happens. You can't blame Reeves. You can. It- But this roster shouldn't have been built the way it is, especially when you are gifted with the national player of the year returning for the first time since 2009. You have two five-stars. You had all the pieces except maybe one or two more guys that create a bucket, and we're having a very different conversation about the season.
0: And you know what sucks about this whole thing? You could live with Antonio shooting like that if you didn't have Marquise Noel burying 28-footers with a hand in his face. That's the craziest thing about this whole game to me Mm -hmm. is you had Jacob and Antonio combined for what, what was it? Two of 22 or something like that. It was just something ludicrous. And we were in this game. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I I feel like I have lots to say about it, but at the same time, there's, there's the, I don't have to prove it to anybody. I think (laughs) I get in a lot of arguments on Twitter at this point, trying to defend people and put blame and where it's supposed to be and not on somebody else but there's i think most reasonable people know where it goes and understand this game and the only people who are saying like no it's the same stuff every year um just have a have their own little agenda to push
1: and that that's uh, once again what we're talking about like when we're often trying to have a conversation about this individual game people want to have conversations about the last 3 years and say so like oh it's the same mm-hmm. thing every year blah 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 well, that's not what we're talking about. If we want to talk about the last three years, yeah, sure, we are not doing well when we need to do well. But in this specific game, yeah, no, it's not the same stuff. It was just a bad luck. If we're
2: I liked I liked what what KG said. KG, good friend of the show uh he said actual uh, friend of the show yes actual friend of the show (laughs) uh he was like people always say like man it's the same stuff every year we miss shots and we couldn't hit our free throws and we got had turnovers and it's just the same old stuff and he's like yeah that's what happens in games that you lose like that's pretty like that's pretty standard (laughs) in a lost game like yeah like for anybody at any time it's just a very vanilla thing to say
3: I um put out a pregame scouting report and I was like, well, Kentucky, if they're going to win, they're going to need to contain Noel. Um, And the guy like replied and was like, there is no containing Noel. Like and he was ultimately right. We didn't. But what they then said was we're going to need to just score more points than the other team if we're going to want to win. And I was just like, <laughs>
2: no round way. of applause
3: for you. No. Great analysis on knowing that we will the need to score John more points Madden than team. the other team. I was, like trying to get points. <laughs> I was trying to get points on here is how we score more points than the other team. And he didn't like all of them. He said, we just needed to score more points, but uh, you win I guess he was right at the end of the award day
0: for bad basketball takes. I
3: guess he was right at the end of the day. He, he knew that we couldn't contain Noel and that we would need to score more points than them in order to win. So two and O oh for him. Um, But anyways, it's time to move on. Oh, I do want to give one more shout out. Case Wallace, Oscar, she great last games. I'm assuming it's both of your last games. Way to leave it all out on the court. Sucks that it had to end that way, but I'm glad you guys played the way that you did. Going into this offseason, guys. I know we all feel very similarly. We love the Nick Richards success stories. We love when guys run it back and they break through. But we haven't ha- we've had one tournament win since 2020 is it time do you are y'all feeling let's run it back one more year come on everyone come back or are we ready to hurt some feelings and bring in some guys and try to transition to this next stage of kentucky basketball bradley you look very energetic in the back i'll
0: let you start i'm ready to hurt some feelings like yeah don't don't be mean to people but, that's what hurt
3: feelings means, Bradley. But,
0: but like, <laughs> if you think there's somebody in the portal that's better than somebody else on the roster, bring that dude in, and then whatever the other guy wants to do, okay. I mean, like, we we turn down somebody because, oh, we don't want to hurt how, somebody's feelings that's not going to contribute as much. Okay. I mean, you, you look at what Cal was doing the first five to seven years. He was hurting feelings. If he thought there was somebody that was going to give more than you were, he's bringing them in. You do what you want, but Cal's getting his guy. Uh,
1: before I make this point about what Bradley just said, I want to make sure, I, like, just by mentioning this guy's name, uh, I, people are going to think that we're a podcast that's trying to <laughs> stop that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> where people are going to think that we're a podcast that's like uh, trying to divide the fan base which we're not but one thing that i think mark stoops does very well uh, or at least he says it out loud very well is that he is always saying that i'm trying to recruit your replacement he's like he tells his guys even his star quarterbacks like everybody says like i'm trying to recruit guys that are better than you so you need to prove that you're good enough to keep your spot um so i think that that's something that we need to talk about this offseason now like guys like a guys like damian guys like I don't know, Lance, Um, I I want back. I want them to return in Kentucky blue and white, but I don't think I can promise them any sort of playing time if we want to accomplish the goals we want to accomplish next year.
2: Guys, I'm going to make you say it out loud. I'm going to make you say it out loud. Hold on, let me pull up this, this tweet real quick so that I can show you and talk about it. Actually, you know what? I'll just ask the question. Actually, you know what? I just found the tweet. All right. Oscar in his last three tournament games is what I wanted to talk about this last three tournament games, 30 points, 16 rebounds, eight points, 25 rebounds, 25 points, 18 rebounds in March or in, um, in the tournament. There's been conversation in the past that we've had. I don't know if it's been on here, or if it's been in group chats <laughs> about if Oscar wanted to come back next year, is it a yes or is it a no? I'm going to make you say it out loud. Give your takes. If Oscar wanted to come back next season, do you let him back or do you is it time to is it time to push him out the door? You know, not push him per se, but you know, just kind of encourage him to to move on and go our separate ways. Buddy, I think you need to take all things into consideration
3: and I think I think you need to see what's in the portal. If you find a very good um stretch four maybe that's also a rim protector maybe just a kind of what maybe if Aaron Bradshaw if we're very confident Aaron Bradshaw to knock down open shots and he could protect the rim fine but if we're not going to get a stretch four from the portal and guys like Damian and Ugo are coming back and Aaron's here uh, we're already gonna have to make the conversation about two centers we're gonna talk about it I I want Oscar – I think Oscar, he wants to go live out his dream of playing in the NBA. I think that's his dream. I don't think his dream is to play at Kentucky forever. Nice. I think it's time for him to prove what he could do at the next level. He gave Kentucky everything he could. You just read out three amazing stat lines, and two of them ended in lossage, which says mm. Oscar performing good doesn't necessarily even translate to Kentucky basketball wins. Also, look at the other great returning centers. Armando Baycott, not in the tournament. Hunter Dickinson, not in the tournament. Um, Trace Trace Jackson Davis, already out. There's a lot of good centers that it just doesn't convert to winning basketball necessarily anymore. I'd rather go with the rim protector unless we find a way to just absolutely make it work, but I'm also fine moving on.
0: I want to preface my statement with this. (laughs) I love Oscar Sheboy very much. He has been one of the most fun players to watch, I believe, that we have had during the Cal era. The energy and enthusiasm with which he plays basketball for the University of Kentucky really is outstanding. Uh, He deserves to, and I believe he will have his jersey in the rafters uh, fairly quickly. However, we've mentioned it before, and I'm sure we'll continue to mention it. Cal's best teams have rim protectors. What is Oscar Sheewe not? A rim protector. So as much as I love Oscar, and as much as he has contributed, and as much as I want him to be at Kentucky for as long as he wants to be at Kentucky Sadly for Oscar, I think it's time to uh, find a job, buddy.
1: All right, I guess it's my turn. Um, I'm going to have some of the same sort of takes, but uh, if we had a issue at the five position, then yes, take it back. But we have likely three or four centers on the roster next season already. Uh, Those are – minutes that are like there's only 40 minutes that you can give to centers in a single game uh if oscar comes back you have to give 28 of those minutes just to him so if he comes back ugana we're not going to see much of him if he comes back bradshaw we're going to see him but we're going to see him at the four um or he goes g league or he like leaves or whatever um so i think him coming back creates more roster problems than roster solutions Uh, which I really think is the big issue there. Um, But yeah, in a vacuum, yeah, you want the two-time All-American back? Like, of course. (laughs)
2: right?
1: But um, I mean, if you look at, like, obviously his box score numbers are great, and I'm not denying that he's a good player, obviously. But if you look at the struggles that we've had the last two seasons with him here, we obviously played really well last year. But one of the main reasons, not the reason, but one of the main reasons that we lost to St. Peter's was a lack of rim protection. Their guards got to the rim with ease and were able to finish. Um, One of the main reasons why we have 12 losses or entered the tournament with 11 losses this season was a lack of production on defense from the five position, whether that be in pick and roll defense or just in shot blocking. Um, So Oscar's going to fill up a stat sheet. He's going to play really well. He's going to dominate the boards. He's going to give you one of the best... Uh, reboarding or rebound margins in the country but what is he taking away from you as well so I don't I think that I don't think that Aaron Bradshaw and Ugo are going to be better than him but I think that him returning creates more problems than that would create if that makes
2: sense yeah that makes sense All, all good takes and all very fair I think even if you were just as simple as saying like in this age of basketball defense from your center is more important than offense from your center and let's play through guards wouldn't be just as good of a reason as as any other but okay uh, now that i've made you all say it out loud i'm i'm satisfied getting you, you use that
1: as blackmail i'll kill you
3: no it's <laughs> not blackmail
2: <laughs> getting getting a little deeper into that
3: i do think oscar is gone I also think it's safe to say that Jacob and Kaysen and Savir are also gone, bearing something incredible happening. Ugo is already back. I think it's pretty safe to say that Adu will probably be back as well. That really leaves us with five names where we're not entirely sure about what they're going to do. So I want to go through these five names, and I want to hear y'all on um, if you think they are staying or leaving, not what you think they should do, not what you think is best for them, whether you think they will choose to stay or come back. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. WTD, you have a quick think, point?
1: I said, I personally think we should add a dude to that list, even if we all agree that he's coming back. Uh, I do think there's a little bit of doubt there.
3: Okay, we'll start with a Do, do we think a dude is coming back? I say yes.
1: I also say yes, but uh, I can understand why he doesn't. His camp mainly uh from what i know his father really wants him to play a lead point guard position Uh, he's been fighting for it on twitter um so that is obviously not available with a bunch of five star guards coming in so if that's what he wants to do he cannot do it at kentucky i do think he stays I, i hope that he sees the light as a six foot hopefully six foot nine sort of guy who can have some guard skills
2: I think if Cal wants him, he stays. I don't think he's a lock or anything. I don't think it's necessarily decided yet, like written in stone, but I, I think he'll be here.
0: I will be a contrarian and say no. I think he goes.
3: I also don't think you need to be PG1 to have ball handling opportunities. Cal has combo guards. I mean, Jacob was running the point the second half of the year. Um, hopefully, do just buys do it, but I, I guess that's a good point. I could see both sides of it. This next name, Lance Ware stays or goes i say stays with a couple of camden boys coming in what do you think wt i
1: also think he stays uh that man loves kentucky he understands his role he loves um just kind of being a leader not necessarily on the court as much um and he's like dj is not just a guy from camden he is a legitimate friend of lance they haven't played together in three years and he finally gets an opportunity to do it on one of the biggest stages I don't think he turns that down, even if it's just in practice.
3: Bradley, you're the portal knower. Does Lance enter the portal, yes or no?
0: Lance does not enter the portal. He stays at Kentucky. Uh, Kind of all the same things WT said. Uh, He's got his buddies coming in. And if he was going to enter the portal, I think he would have already done it either last year or the year before it. Uh, So I think he stays and really just cements his legacy as one of the greatest glue guys and one of the toughest dogs that we've had. It is also possible
3: he could enter the portal after this year. He has a fifth year because of the covid year. Buddy, what do you think he does?
2: Uh I I think he'll be here for sure. Uh like Wildcat said, um he knows his role and I'll add he plays it to perfection. Um he he's somebody that you you want on a team, you know, even the minutes that we got out on the other day, it's like, man, I'm Glad we have Lance here, you know, just to whisper in people's ear in the free throw line and talk shit and whatever else that he's doing. So, yeah, love love having Lance here, and I think that we'll get him again next year. So, good news.
3: CJ Frederick is getting married and hasn't played a fully healthy season of basketball since, what, his sophomore year of high school. I personally think he hangs them up. What do you guys
0: think? I concur. He hangs them up. No more basketball.
1: I I think that one thing that we might overlook is he may want to come back, but in like a senior year Riley Welch thing. Mm-hmm. Riley Welch was a coach pretty much his senior year. I mean, he was a walk-on, but he was over there with a clipboard with a jersey on. Um, if CJ, I don't know what CJ wants to get into as a career, but if it is basketball, I could see him coming back. Um, running in practice, maybe playing in a few games against like the mid-majors, but um, his body has been through so much. uh, I can see him kind of letting his playing days uh, go beside him, but maybe sticking around um, the team. Because, I mean, it's a free college education. I wouldn't turn that down.
3: I personally would love that. What do you think, buddy?
2: Yeah, I I agree with Wildcat. Um, I was thinking something similar, although I wasn't sure if, you know, I mean, I think that's that's the direction that he would be heading in life anyways although I'm not sure if he'll stay another year or not um but it would it would definitely be more of in that role than um as a like you know main contributor to the team I think Damian Collins a guy
3: that I thought was going to be one of the better players on this year's team unfortunately tragedy had struck for him he dropped mm-hmm. 16 pounds midseason had Take a brief step away from the basketball team. Never never fully got back in a rhythm. Did show some promise at the end, especially as like a, a rim protector five man when Oscar was struggling to do that. Damian filled in and played some very good and promising spot minutes. But does he stay with Aaron Bradshaw, Uganda Onienzo, and as we predicted, Lance Ware already at center on the roster? I say no.
1: I have an interesting take and it's not what i want to happen but again we're going off of what we think might happen uh the glaring hole on our roster is the four position um and that is something that collins could have filled this year ended up being that he wasn't that great of a four and again this is just knowing who cal is and what his tendencies are Um, this guy's six foot nine doesn't carry a lot of weight on him is not the your ideal five so if he does stay, I think it's to fill that four position, whether it's a starter or on the bench. Um, I do think that a lot of people say that he's going to go back to Texas uh, to be close to family. Um, from what I hear, his family loves, loves, loves Cal because yes. Cal is so good at taking guys under his wings. Uh, he's ne- Cal has never had to deal with a situation like this but we know from other situations and other guys that he, like one of his main recruiting pitches is I will be a father figure for your son when he recruits a guy. So, um, his family loves Cal. I could see him staying, but if he goes, I wish him nothing but the best. It has been uh, a, a true honor being a fan of his this past season with everything he's been going through.
2: I have a feeling that he's gone. Um, it just feels kind of like a natural break like a natural ending point for him uh, which makes me sad because I'm a big fan of his Uh, as much as his family loves Cal and as you know as much as he's got from uh, from playing at Kentucky if he goes home to Texas for the summer it just feels like that he's not going to come back you know what I mean that that decision is going to be made I don't know what's what exactly what happened but uh he was the first one to announce if you guys remember last season whenever the season ended he was the very first person to say i'll be back so you know potentially we'll know uh sooner than later
3: i agree with you buddy i think it is a little bit of a clean and natural break i do um fall back on two things the first is last year there were legitimate damian collin transfer rumors starting in december and going through to the end of february and through March, where he didn't even play, he decided he was going to come back. And I think his dad also had a big, big impact on him coming back. And maybe Damien just wants to see it through in honor of his dad. That's number one. Number two, I don't think Damien Collins is the type of guy that will go to a smaller school and just dominate. You know, like... A guy like Dante Allen going to WKU, he just needs more playing time and more shots. I don't think Damian Collins is a guy that needs more shots. You're not going to run an offense through him. So going to a smaller school where he's going to need to dominate to make the next level, I don't think that's the best fit for him. And I'm not sure how many good power five teams are going to be lining up for Damian Collins with his inconsistent play through two years. Like no one else is going to go and make them the starting center, at least no one of note. So with those two things, I just think grinding it out at Kentucky might just be the best fit for him. Although again, it just it just feels so natural for him to go, especially with all those very similar players already existing on the roster. But I would love to have him back. Yeah. I will go crazy if we see junior and maybe even senior Damian Collins in Kentucky. The next guy on the list, Antonio Reeves, ended the season shooting one of fifteen. Oh, you forgot Bradley. Oh, really? nice Bradley. You. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's it's fine. I just hate you. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um,
3: Buddy has been going last, so Buddy went yeah, right yeah. before me, and I forgot we went out of order. My fault. Yeah, no, I love it's you fine. Two, seven, oh.
0: It's fine. Uh, even though you didn't want to go to Greensboro with me, uh, right. I, I, I still appreciate it though. Uh, but <laughs> we would I'm, have lost. We would have probably. I'm I'm sure. Um, I'm truly 50-50 on Damien, Uh, on whether I think he stays or goes. And if I'm being honest, whether I want him to go. Obviously, I appreciate everything he's given. I appreciate him fighting through these difficult times in his life. You know, I, I don't want it to come off as a personal thing or anything like that. I'm just looking strictly from a roster makeup perspective. We saw him try to play the four this year. I think we're all in agreement that we want our four to be able to consistently take and make jumpers Damian through two years has good form, but he hasn't really knocked down that many jumpers. So I don't think we want him coming back to play the four at the five in stretches. Whenever we saw him in the game this year, I, again, I don't want this to seem like a, a personal attack or anything like that because I'm'm I'm, I promise that's not how I'm meaning it. He was one of the physically weakest players that we had on the court. I mean he was getting pushed down by guards and you just simply can't have that from your five in the SEC now if he's going to come in work and I've no doubt that if he came back he would do this. Get in there, work in the gym, put some muscle back on, put some just general weight uh, back on. You know, I'll volunteer to be his personal chef for the summer or something. I don't know. Uh, But if he comes back, I just want him putting in all as much work as he can to be like a backup five kind of role. But I honestly could see him going to like a TCU, SMU, something back home in Texas to where. Uh, he could have almost like a Mo Bomber role, just go catch lobs, swat shots, just kind of be yeah. that type of guy. I Under could Red really City. see.
1: I could really see him going to either Texas A&M or Arkansas, um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. well, one they both those teams really love the transfer portal, uh, but number two, the the SEC is the most athletic uh, conference in college basketball, yep. and so his style of play really fits. Um, it's just, it doesn't fit at Kentucky with the way we do things and who, who else we have on the roster. So I can really see, like, uh, I know he was recruited by both coming out of high school. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see really what happens there. But I mean, I, I, I hope he stays, especially with everything that's happened mm-hmm. to him. Uh, a bunch of new stuff could be good for him, but it could also be not good for him, especially with all the support he's gotten in Lexington. So,
3: and I wouldn't blame him for leaving with Ugo and Aaron both going to be on the roster but there's no guarantee that Aaron is successful at the college level and as raw as Damian Collins is Ugo is even more raw than Damian so I mean that that center position is completely wide open in terms of who's going to take start or even backup minutes I mean we know Lance isn't going to be their starter regardless um, he's going to be the perfect eighth man you know I guess who knows I won't throw it out there but anyways moving on Antonio Reeves end of the season one of 15 does he come back to redeem himself loaded backcourt you got Justin that's gonna be playing a lot of three Aaron or uh Dilly and DJ playing a lot of one and two Reed playing some one and two a Duke is gonna need some minutes does Reeves come back personally I say yes boys how do y'all feel
0: he is back and he's our starting three he doesn't want to go out on that note he's back and he lights it up and he sets the uk record for most threes made in a single season (laughs) (laughs) i had to i had to i'm sorry um
1: i i think that uh antonio's actually been one of the most open guys uh as to the media about what he wants to do and what he's uh leaning towards at the beginning of the season he said that this was his final year of college basketball kind of no matter what that's he, he said that he he's really appreciative of the opportunity, but doesn't want to play any further past this. But in the uh, interview right after the Kansas state game, they asked about his future. And he said that he loves Kentucky. He would love the opportunity to come back, but he'll still talk about it and make decisions in the future. So um, I think just kind of reading what he, the way he's saying things that like, yeah, I think not only do, I think he comes back. I think he may have already made that decision that he comes back. He just doesn't want to announce it yet. Um. But uh, I would love to have him. I think that if he's not the main shot creator on the offense, that will just help him even more. I mean, right now he was getting probably our the second the team's other team's second best defender on him uh, every single game. Sometimes the best, like against Arkansas, they started putting their best defenders on him. He's going to have maybe the third or fourth best, probably the fourth best defender on him uh, on next year's roster. And that makes me so excited for what he could do.
2: I'm gonna say yes just so I can speak it into existence. Uh, it. if he comes back, he's gonna be a nightmare for somebody. He's gonna win us games. He is I, I like Antonio Reeves a lot, and I want him back. Pretty simple as that.
3: WT, I kind of agree that maybe his decision is already made up made up, but he I think if he is coming back, we'll milk this one out. A big part of him coming back will obviously be he needs to get paid more than he would go whatever professional route he would ultimately land on, whether that's overseas, trying to grind out the G League, assuming he doesn't immediately go to the NBA, which his current non-existing draft stock would reflect, which means he would need to work out some NIL package in order to come back. So unless we just have one already sitting there waiting for him, Um, which I don't think we will. We got to get these freshmen situated. We got to see what the portal looks like. Um, I think the Reeves decision might be made up, but might take a while. I also want to say the biggest downfall of this year, which I said, we won games if Antonio Reeves shot well, and we lost him if he didn't. If Reeves is having a bad shooting night, we have Dillingham. We have DJ. We have Justin. Mm-hmm. We might have other guys in the portal or other returners Reeves. that weren't, we haven't mentioned yet. There's other scoring options. I think if Reeves is just a group of Hmong guards and it just say, Hey, who's hot tonight? You know, if we, if we go that route, I, I think Reeves could thrive even more than he did this year.
1: To be completely fair, that's how we felt going into the season with Kaysen and CJ and Antonio and maybe that's not how Shaden. I felt like I, like, I know. And, and, retrospect you were you were right but little little optimistic me was like man we have so many like scoring guards I'm so excited it's gonna be so great
3: (laughs) yeah I I would have felt that way if I felt confident that CJ could finish the season um or even Wheeler could finish the season and I didn't really feel confident in either and I think that's where most of my thoughts were coming from um So let's just knock on wood and hope no one gets injured this year. I don't think it shows up on my mic, but I did just indeed knock on wood. Going into maybe the biggest decision of the offseason, I think, again, we're not talking about what do we think is best. I think you go across the panel. Chris Livingston, a second year coming back at Kentucky and playing the four would be the best thing in the world for him. But we don't make those decisions. I'll say what I'm gonna to have to say for last because I feel very strongly. One of you boys start off. Does Livingston return?
0: So, I'll I'll just start since uh, WT's doing the nose go. Uh, I'll, I'll uh-huh. just go ahead and kick it off. Or, or were you doing the nose go to go first? Is that what you? I were? do
1: not want to go first. I okay. Think
0: okay. Um, so you said it's not about what we think is best. I would love, 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 love to have Chris Livingston back. I think very, very impure thoughts whenever I think of a lineup <laughs> of DJ Dillingham, Justin, Chris, and Ugo Bradshaw. You know, throw Lance in there, and I, it's still a great lineup. I get very excited <laughs> whenever I think about that. However, I think, unfortunately, uh, Chris decides that – or maybe Chris's camp decides that it's best for him to go on. So I think the decision comes down to the camp, and as it so often is when the decision is left up to the camp, it's not in the player's best interest. Uh, So I think Chris Livingston does not return. You, you said exactly what I was going to say. There's already
2: been all season long rumors about his, his circle and what they want and what they think. And uh, I know it's gone kind of back and forth actually a little bit. And, and so, you know, there was some, some optimism for a while, but I think inevitably it defaults back to that. It's too good to be true. I don't think Chris is going to be back next season.
1: I am going to take the opposite uh, opinion. Uh, Chris is not going to be making this decision just with his uh camp. Uh, He is going to be recruited by John Calipari. Yes, he's already on the team, but he will be actively recruited. Mm -hmm. John knows uh, what gaps are in his roster. He knows what he needs, and he knows what Chris needs. Now, old John Calipari before NIL would say, like, yeah, go get your money. Like, go make generational wealth in the NBA, whatever that looks like for you. But with NIL now, Calipari has the moral ability to say like hey you can come back we can get you some money here and you can develop your games that when you do go to the league you are more prepared and you can get that second contract with that which is what everyone needs which is how you get that generational wealth in the nba so um i think that because john calipari is going to make it a priority to get him back recruiting wise um i think that chris sees the light i think his camp sees the light and sees like, hey, we're going to have a six-foot-six guy playing the power forward. He's not going to play the traditional power forward. He's going to play it like a wing, going to play it like a guard. Um, And I really hope that that's – I mean, a lot of this might just be my hope getting in the way of my reality, but um, I do think that if Coach Cal makes the right pitch, that he can make the right decision.
0: And I'll throw this in real quick before you go, sack. Doesn't it seem like we have – one decision like this every year that comes down to Absolutely. the 11th hour and it's like this guy would really help our team but he could also go pro and do some really good things like last year it was Ty tie two years ago it was BJ Boston uh both of those guys went you know, what does what does Chris do it just seems so stereotypical that it's one well, guy both those guys, every year both those guys were lottery picks
1: uh or close to lottery picks um uh, it was BJ first rounders
0: and BJ was like 46th.
1: Oh, was he? I must yeah. be thinking someone else. So I thought was, it was 30th, um, right? 29th. Yeah. 29th. I'm pretty sure also Cal asked BJ to leave, so there's that. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't ask. You did yeah. not yeah. ask. Yeah. That's the only part you were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I am going to give the sack guarantee Chris Livingston is not going to play another game at the University of Kentucky. Hope I'm wrong. Will not be the first time. Would love nothing more than Chris to come back. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to go through the transfer portal saying, oh, we don't need that guy. We got Chris coming back. No. Chris all year wanted to play the three, not the four. Wouldn't even touch the four. Our pitch for him coming back is, hey, go and play the four. We have three guards, and if Antonio comes back, four guards that are going to dominate the minutes one through three. When has a guy ever not completely fit in to what Cal wanted him to do, had rumors of him leaving and transferring, and then doesn't have a pitch for him to come back and do exactly what he wants, has pro potential, has the option for him to leave, and came back? When has that ever happened? Never, and it won't. I don't think NIL changes that. I don't think wanting to run it back or it even making sense makes sense. I don't think that changes anything. I think it making sense actually hurts our chances. I feel like every time we just have this perfect player, it just makes so much sense for Shade and Sharp to come back. It just makes so much sense for Dakari Johnson to come back it just makes so much sense for Chris Livingston to come back and never does I'm not getting my hopes up he's gonna go some other route we're gonna need to find a four in the portal um just is what it is speaking of the portal Bradley um over the off season we're gonna do a segment where we do Bradley's portal knower player of the week who is that this week
0: yes so as so often happens with me and discussing players, I could not pick just one because two are very tantalizing to me. Two players that I think, regardless of what happens with our roster situation, we bring in today. One of those is Temple sophomore Zach Hicks. Uh, the official tweet from Travis Branham has him listed as a 6'7 wing that averages 9.6 points and 5.1 rebounds, and he shot 36.3% from three on six attempts a game. That's a guy who could come in realistically in Cal's system and play maybe two through four. Uh, he's a guy that could really uh, do some nice things, so I think you bring him in regardless of what happens with uh, other players leaving. The second one is a guy that I wanted last year to hop in the portal and the guy that I think we go out and get again regardless of what happens and that is georgia guard forward whatever you consider him cairo aquindo it is legit i mean i know what happened last time we got a guard from georgia i know how polarizing that he was this dude is good i mean he is legit there's no way you can't think that this guy <laughs> 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 okay let me let me restart restart that <laughs> oh,
2: what happened brad what happened
0: maintain your composure. there's <laughs> there's no way that you can't think that this guy is legit this guy is a cat and cal should be twerking for him to be in lexington
3: I'm not cutting any of that out, but <laughs> this is all going to stay. <laughs> but one thing, one thing I do want to talk about while we're on the subject of Portal, um, stick with me here for a second. I believe Cal hinted at it, and Chin kind of let the cat out of the bag. We are going to be playing in Canada over the summer. Is yes. that true? Yes. Toronto. Yes. And... My understanding of the overseas summer rule is that you can only do it once every four years. And our loophole around being able to do this the year after the Bahamas is that we're not going as Kentucky. We're going as Team USA. Is that correct?
1: Yes, I believe so. Baylor did the same thing.
3: So since we are not limited to the constraints of just needing to send Kentucky down, John, I want you to tamper the absolute fuck out of this tournament, all right? I'm sorry for swearing this is like, crazy as I just did, but you send Kentucky down there, and you invite the best 10 players in the portal. Cario Equendo. I don't even care if they're in the portal. Hey, BJ Mac, Drew Timmy. You know what? You're invited for the USC, USA, U23 squad. I want to bring everyone down, and we're just going to tamper them. We're going to show them a great time. We're going to show them how fun it is to play with Kentucky, and we're going to do it because in June, there should still be really good players in the portal. And I think that's when the thing
2: is, do y'all like my idea?
0: Yeah, they're all tax.
2: They get to go down there and they get to watch us play the Canadian team that has Shaden Sharp on it. And Shaden's not up. playing that.
1: Sweet he's going to look, so- <laughs> look so good in warm-ups.
2: Yeah, no, he won't play. He doesn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. PayPal uh, uh, PayPal cow.
1: Uh, I'll make sure to give a full scouting report uh, when I'm hopefully there trying to work that out.
3: Well, we don't have – we do not have listeners' questions because we were kind of scared to see what y'all would say. We were not really worried about (laughs) questions. It was just more of a bunch of, when should Cal be fired? So we weren't going to answer any of those just for the own sake of our mental health, and we don't have predictions to make because there's no games to play. Our predictions were uh, who's coming back or not. So, sorry for no questions. Sorry for no game predictions. It's kind of out of our control. Wish we won a couple more games. But this is the uh, conclusion of our episode. Not really sure what to do without a prediction. Not really sure what to do without wishing uh, to talk to you all next week after a pair of Kentucky wins. That's usually my outro. So, I guess we'll just see you next week with hopefully more oh. portal buzz and scoop of good players returning and go cats. Oh, okay. Yay. Go cats. Nick
0: Mingione.